but back in the day, I was a terrorist on the TL. Oh my goodness. The Navy, we were so problematic back in the day. I think we've calmed down now along with our fave. I was so problematic to the point that Sierra, Chris Brown and Karuchi blocked me. <laughs> oh, it's so embarrassing. And you know what, yeah, I actually went to search for old tweets. I'm a classic man. You are welcome to episode 5 of the Classic Manny Show. It is your boy, V1, the only. I hope you all are well and staying safe. I have been good for the most part. Just like I said in the previous episode, I've just been taking care of myself more, my mental health, making sure I make self-care a priority. I'm sticking to my normal 9 to 5 time at home because, listen, I cannot come and kill myself in this England. It has been hard to stay motivated during these past few weeks because... Everything's been done in my room. I'm working out in my room. I'm working from home in my room. I am trying to do this podcast in my room. Everything is being done in the same vicinity. So I just feel bored in a sense. Not bored of doing this podcast. Don't get it twisted. I love this. It's actually keeping me sane during this madness. I have not left the house since March. (laughs) I've completely lost track of time. But apart from that, I have been good. Um, As I said just taking care of myself we've got so many things that are keeping us occupied such as netflix shows black radio shows which i'll be talking about in today's episode as well so there are things that are keeping me sane doing this podcast as well as i've already said but yeah that's just me i hope you all are well let me know your thoughts on the topics discussed throughout this episode using the hashtag tcm show so i'm going to start off with my classic faith for this episode and it's quite shocking that i've not actually spoken about her since I started this segment. I don't understand how, but yes, I'm talking about V1, the only Robin Rihanna Fenty. This is in honor of the No Signals Rihanna versus Drake clash, which she won. <laughs> we'll be talking about No Signal in more detail later on in this episode, but yes, we're gonna talk about Queen Rihanna. I was nine years old when Rihanna surfaced into the music industry and I became a fan almost immediately. But I would say I became a stan in between when she released Te Amo as her final single for Rated R and when she transitioned into the loud era with Only Girl in the World. What I love about that transition is what it signifies. So obviously with Rated R, it was a very dark album because it came out after what happened with her and Chris Brown. And then obviously loud is a very bright, colourful era. I just love how loud kind of signified there being a light at the end of the tunnel so what i would say i love about rihanna is her authenticity i think she has stayed true to who she is from music of the sun from her being from barbados and being so proud of her heritage she's never hidden the fact that she's bajan and i think that is beautiful in itself and i think as she's gotten older she's just owned herself more and more and more so that's what i love about her i love how she has reinvented herself during the eras as i said her going from a girl like me to good girl gone bad her maturity with anti the album it's been very amazing to see her reinvent herself in terms of her sound and her image i love to see it she has the ear for hits she knows what song's gonna bang on the charts and to her fans and she has delivered amazing songs over the decade and a bit what made me want to talk about rihanna actually for the classic thing is the fact that of course i was once an obsessed stan i still stand her today but 
with maturity. Of course, I'm not going to go and fight her battles as if she's paying me. I know for the clash, I changed my name to Rihanna's defence attorney. But <laughs> just on a day-to-day basis, I am my own person. I'm 23 years old now. I have no business fighting people's battles as if I'm their defence attorney. But back in the day, I was a terrorist on the TL. Oh my goodness. The Navy, we were so problematic back in the day. I think we've calmed down now along with our fave. I was so problematic to the point that Sierra, Chris Brown and Karuchi blocked me. <laughs> oh, it's so embarrassing. And you know what, yeah, I actually went to search for old tweets. I said, Emmanuel, the old you is very embarrassing. See, I found a few tweets that I don't mind sharing because these are the ones that are the least shameful out of all the shameful ones that I've tweeted. When it came to standing Vienna, yeah, I felt it was very important to defend her, even when she was what I would say innocent or not the bad person in the situation, because the background story behind why she and Karishi had beef was the fact that I think Karuchi had made a webcam video with her friends mocking Rihanna's accent. I tweeted, Karuchi and her friends made a webcam video mocking Rihanna. That is how the whole beef started and I linked them to the video. Someone tweeted, Karuchi is so thirsty. I used to feel sorry for her, but not anymore. Then I said my exact thoughts. Does Karuchi want your, your sympathy? Emmanuel, like... <laughs> 2014. Oh my God. How old was that in 2014? I was 18. Wait, what? Was that 18? I was part of the people that would remix her name even though it wasn't that hard to spell. If you just look at it a few times, you probably learn how to spell it and say it. So, of course, I have to apologise for that because that was very immature. <laughs> that was childish. It was extremely childish. It was so unnecessary. I like her as a personality. I don't think she's that bad. Like, she's... She seems like she's a good vibe. Now, when it came to all these people, my thing was, I was so shameless that I would at them. I just was so ballsy. <laughs> I don't know if I do that today. But, yeah, when it came to Chris Brown, someone tweeted, Justin Bieber is slaying Chris Brown with this new R&B tease. I don't see Team Breezy at all right now. What album did Chris Brown bring out in 2013? I do not even know, but that is a goddamn lie. Chris Brown has given us good music. Well, until recent years. I just think, as a Rihanna stan, I had moments where I was very biased. I don't think Justin Bieber was slaying Chris Brown in any department, child. Let's keep on going. This one is so embarrassing. This is from a quote account. And they said, don't get mad when someone else starts to appreciate a person you took for granted. And I added Chris Brown. As if he's my mate. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this is so shameful. Emmanuel, like, I had way too much time and way too much comfortability. The next one's even worse because I said, as bad as this sounds, I think that Chris Brown, I even added Chris Brown, only used at Rihanna just to get his name back up. I blame this thought on his timing. Now, I can't remember what happened around that time. I don't know if it was an album release or if it was a press tour. I don't know what he was doing, but it's not my place, mate. That is not my business. Oh, they said it themselves. Ain't nobody business. Ain't nobody business. Ain't nobody business. But mine and my baby. <laughs> I added him again, saying Chris Brown's actually annoying. He needs to stop trying to communicate with my fave indirectly. And in the screenshot, he quoted Shine Bright Like a Diamond. Oh, Jesus. What? I just don't understand how that's my concern on my business. <laughs> This is so shameful. I'm so embarrassed. Oh my Lord, have mercy upon my soul. Let's move on to Sierra because that one, I get why she blocked me. I was so rude. Jesus Christ. So I made a collage of 
a fake Sierra audience and Rihanna's audience. So the Rihanna's one was real and the Sierra's one was fake. So Sierra's one was only one person sitting in it. <laughs> and then Rihanna's one her of her stadium tour. So I tweeted, I enjoyed making this. This is what Sierra gets for messing with a tough fan base like Rihanna Navy. Oh, I'm cringing. Yuck. <laughs> Yuck. That, oh, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. This is just so shameful then i tweeted the fact that at sierra actually expected at rihanna to say hi to her at that so-called party please know your level top of the flops ew but the way this whole sierra and rihanna beef happened was sierra had an appearance on fashion police god bless joanne river soul and they showed rihanna's look from the brit awards this one she had the red hair i hate that outfit but it is well i was such a biased dan once again so i said i love the outfit but that outfit mm-mm. what in the bedspread is this <laughs> anyway they asked sierra to review her look but sierra went to go and say oh i saw rihanna at an event and she aired me <laughs> oh she didn't say aired me because that's a uk term she ignored me or she blacked me whatever so that's how the whole back and forth through those tweets started good luck booking that stage you speak of <laughs> came from i can't lie clap back anna was the best rihanna when she was clapping back at trolls and celebrities was my favorite i remember when she clapped back at pierce morgan when he said that she should grow her natural hair fast and then she said he should grow his dick fast i said good god what a clap back but yeah going back to the sierra thing so that's what caused it back and forth then i said the way at sierra was just given that lawsuit whilst performing cries of laughter i remember this so well i know this was when sierra was like bopping and grinding on the stage and then someone handed her documents while she was performing <laughs> i'm so sorry and then i tweeted at sierra's so-called squad were too busy hating on rihanna's success that they made their fave sales probably one of the worst of 2013 <laughs> 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 i'm laughing at myself more than those tweets those tweets are just childish i wasn't really lying no shade but again what's that got to do with me i understand why i felt my jesus season a levels because i had way too much free time in my hands all i can do as an adult is apologize to sierra carucci and chris brown for just being a terrorist on the tl because good god almighty i was atting them as a deal with my mates i had a fan account on instagram i think it was called riri's boy manny <laughs> i love running to this day but it's just the fact that I had so much time in my hands to do all this stuff, it's so hilarious to me. Rihanna actually followed me on that account, but I deleted it when I became the classic Manny because, like, I have no free time for that. I think the last thing I posted on there was the Anti-World Tour, which was 2016. I've not had a Rihanna fan page since 2016. Like, come on, growth, because at a certain point, you have to mature. And I do agree that stan culture can be very toxic. You know, there's nothing wrong with loving a celebrity. For me, I will always be a Rihanna stan in the sense of, buying her album, supporting stuff that are in my tax bracket. I will always support the Fenty Empire, but I'm not going to now go and fight her battles as if I'm a paid attorney. That is not what I'm finna do. It's just so childish. So when it comes to stan culture, yes, I understand the argument that you shouldn't be living your life based on another celebrity, but I think a lot of the criticism when it comes to stan culture can be very harsh and hypocritical because I don't see it any different compared to screaming at your screen for 90 minutes because of border going back and forth. <coughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? And there's people that will actually lose their shit and their day's all affected because their team lost. I see that as standing just as much as I see someone screaming at their fave losing the number one spot as standing too. I just think it's very important to have a healthy balance. You can obviously love pop culture. I'm a huge fan of pop culture. I will never stop being a fan of pop culture. It's a very big part of 
my my childhood i grew up looking at top of the pops loving music videos looking at countdowns for the billboard charts the uk top 20 charts etc so i've always been a fan of pop culture and that's never going to change but of course how i consume it has definitely changed that is my thoughts on stan culture my top four favorite songs from rihanna has to be kiss it better kiss it kiss it better baby <laughs> another favorite from rihanna is tiamo 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 she says to me <laughs> that was my ringtone and my alarm tone for years oh my goodness i've always loved that song rehab featuring justin timberlake is another favorite that's always been the top three i think no matter how my top three or my top five will change it will always be my top three that song it hits me spiritually, physically, emotionally, everythingly. Oh, and another favorite of mine is Pour It Up. Pour it up, pour it up. Watch it all fall out. Pour It Up made me want to go and become a stripper in Miami in 2012. Oh my gosh, what a banger. That song is lit. It is so lit. I love it. I definitely love it. She has so many hits under her belt. And those that were trying to downplay her catalogue were very humbled <laughs> on Sunday. Okay, we're going to get to that in a bit. When it comes to favourite albums, I would put Raid R and Anti in my top two any day. But my number one always changes between those two because those two albums just signify growth as an artist like it's amazing good girl gone bad is another album that signifies growth even though she's focused on her fenty empire i still feel she has a lot to give musically i feel like there's so many genres she can experiment with she's one of the few people that i'll be starstruck by 100 percent. i'll be like rihanna no but that's all when it comes to the classic fade that's quite in depth we're not going to go into the latest releases and i want to start off with say so the remix featuring Nicki minaj on nika tanya mirage before the official version came out the original one got leaked onto the world wide web i hmm, actually now that i've heard both versions i think i like the original more because the official version i hate that beat change uh-uh <laughs> It ain't it, y'all. I don't like the beat change. So when I heard that Say So is going to get a remix, at first I was like, I don't think the song needs a remix. It's not about Nicki Minaj. It's just the fact that the song was so solid on its own that I personally felt at first that it didn't really need a remix. However, the remix did help. It gets number one this week. I'm definitely happy for Doja Cat and Nicki Minaj because that's their first number ones as solo artists. But Nicki's credited for the song, so she also gets number one along with Doja Cat. So I'm definitely happy for them. Nicki is not the first big person in the industry to get number one from a feature. So no one should come and discredit her for that. She's worked hard. She is now the first artist to go number one on every single chart on Billboard. That is insane. Definitely happy for her. I feel like Nicki needed that because a lot's been going on. I feel like she's probably questioned herself a lot when it comes to music. As you guys know, she did threaten that she was retiring, but I don't think she's actually retiring. But I do feel like all that kind of stuff stemmed from her questioning her place in the industry, even though she has no reason to. Like, she is levels when it comes to this rap game, period. So i'm definitely happy for her i'm happy for doja cat as well i'm just excited for what's to come for doja cat next i want to talk about the savage remix featuring beyonce the one the only so on this day in particular when this remix came out i was cooking as i do i've been chefing it up in this household okay so when i finished i went on twitter and people were talking about a savage remix of beyonce i said who <laughs> savage beyonce are you sure so i saw a leaked clip which had the audio of one of Beyonce's verses. I said, what well, queen be 
na 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 me. So as soon as I heard Beyonce's leaked verse, immediately I thought, I hope Megan changed her verses because I don't think Beyonce's energy would match Megan's energy on the original version of Savage. An hour or two later goes by and we finally get it on streaming platforms. Beyonce gave us not one, not two, three verses. Beyonce was rapping and singing. I said, I am shockington. What? <laughs> I don't think Nyasha has been in the air like this in a very long time. We have received so much bops and we can't even go out to turn up. This is so heartbreaking. But yes, I'm a savage. Classy, moody, wretched. <laughs> but the funny thing is we've spoken about Sugar, which is Megan's EP, which has Savage on it. We spoke about Beyonce in the previous episode. So it's like, what are the odds? I feel like Megan had to go through what she went through for this to happen. It should force for this Sugar EP to be out, despite the label issues. I don't think that collaboration would have happened the way it did. I'm like, wow, God's plan. Megan is just good vibes. Megan's amazing vibes. Next, I want to talk about Kehlani's new album, It Was Good Until It Wasn't. When it comes to Kehlani, I have been a big fan of her since Sweet Sexy Savage. I know she's had other songs like You Should Be Here, which I liked, but I, was not, I wasn't really a fan of her projects before. It was Sweet Sexy Savage that made me become a fan of Kehlani. It was good until it wasn't is Kehlani's second studio album after Sweet Sexy Savage. And if we compare the two to each other, it is completely different from each other, 100%. The album did get critiques about how it's too R&B, there's not enough pop, etc. But I think people forget that she released a whole EP last year called While We Wait. That EP has RPG, Nights Like This, Feels so many bops on there and it's very R&B. If you compare Sweet Sexy Savage to It Was Good Until It Wasn't, of course there are two different albums altogether because Sweet Sexy Savage is more R&B pop, whilst this one is more R&B. If you compare While We Wait to It Was Good Until It Wasn't, there is a flow, there is a flow in terms of progression as an artist. I personally love the album. It took me about three listens for me to love it properly. The first listen or two, I liked it. There were certain songs that were instant faves, but by the third listen, I understood the album. I understood why certain songs were on there. I've literally played it about 20 times since Friday. It came out Friday the 8th. So I've listened to it about 20 times already. Every morning, every afternoon, every night. It's just so fitting for my life right now. I love to play it whilst I'm doing my skincare routine, whilst I'm working. It just fits so well. So when it comes to favourites from this album, I would say Toxic. So the album starts off with Toxic, which was released before the album came out. And I actually like the song. I love this love is Toxic. <laughs> An instant fave was the next track, which is Can I featuring Tory Lanez. Wow. They suit each other vocally. Their voices blend together so well. It was an instant faith on the first listen. Yes. Can I start by seeing you tonight? <laughs> Bad News is another favourite. There's a male vocal in the background for Bad News and I think that's The weekend. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that, but it sounds like The weekend to me. But yes, Bad News is amazing. That's another favourite of mine. But I love Water. That was an instant favourite too. Is amazing. I think production-wise, lyrically, she gives us concerns a shout-out as well, so I love this song. When it comes to Change Your Life featuring Janae Aiko, it is not a favourite because, I don't know, I love them as individuals, but I don't think their voices mesh well together. I don't know if it's the production or if it's just their voices, but it's not a favourite. I love Hate The Club, Serial Lover, Can You Blame Me is a favourite. Grieving is a favourite that grew on me. I don't think it was a favourite at first, but when I played the album more and more, 
I love that song. It's amazing. I also love Open, in brackets, Passionate. Quarantine visual for Open on the day of the album release. And it's amazing. I just feel like this album is a really good album. It's a good album when you compare it to what she released before, which is While We Wait. If you compare it to Sweet Sexy Savage and you expect another pop album from her, yes, you will be disappointed. But it's strictly R&B. It is good. It's amazing to me. So the next project I want to talk about is Drake's Dark Lane demo tapes. So this is an EP filled with demos and unreleased tracks. To me, I feel like this project was so unnecessary. The worst project I've ever heard in a long time. For the first few tracks, it felt like one long song. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. And I think I spoke about Drake in the previous episode. His music has become unbearable. That is every time there's a release of some sort. I spoke about Tussie Slide in the previous episode. And I said how I just feel like musically, I don't know if he's doing it from the heart or if he's just releasing for the sake of releasing it. It has been a very long time since he's not hidden on one spot. And I just think he needs to be careful because nobody asked for this. I don't, well, people like certain songs on the project, fine release it then <laughs> don't go and release a whole project because it doesn't make sense the fact that i like tootsie slide more than most of the songs on the ep speaks volumes because tootsie slide is shit tootsie slide is horrible next i want to talk about summer walker's latest features she has been all of our ears child she was on khalid's new single 11 i like that stuff and that's actually my favorite feature from her when it comes to the recent ones she's also on 21 savages recent single secrets i like his vibe I don't really listen to him that much to really judge him like that, but it's a good song. But the one I didn't really like was Trey Song's recent single, Back Home. And the song samples, New Editions, classic, If It Isn't Love. I just think when it comes to sampling music, people have become so lazy with it. it, it why? New Edition is so iconic, not even iconic, legendary don't do that <laughs> and I feel like his voice has changed so much over the years but I just feel like his vocals have changed it sounded very lazy Summer kind of saves the song but not enough to make me like the song I didn't like it personally lastly I want to talk about Brandy's recent single Baby Mama featuring Chance the Rapper all I want to know is why <laughs> why I get it yes it was in honor of Mother's Day in America but why 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 Tell him that it's not human nature. <laughs> I love Brandy so much. I have grown to love her even more over the recent years because I really got to understand her as an artist. I feel like she is so gifted. Her vocals. I tweeted the other day. I think when it comes to her and Asha, um, Asha, you know, when it comes to Brandy and Asha, if I was to be a musician, they would be my vocal bible because their vocals are spectacular. Mwah, chef's kiss amazing you know but that song is horrible <laughs> it is horrible i just don't know what she is trying to do i'm really afraid because i know she got her album coming out very soon i'm just praying to god it's not gonna be cheesy r&b or cheesy pop because mm, please like she's so above it i think that's what annoys me she is so above this kind of music i get it yes creative freedom but the fact of the matter is I don't want her to ruin her catalogue with childish music. There are certain artists that know when to throw in the towel or just to just not make music anymore. I think she might have to follow suit. That whole week, there was just so many releases to consume that I was so overwhelmed. There were certain songs that could have been kept in the drafts. Just keep in the drafts, mate, because we do not have time for that. 
at all. I now want to go into trending topics and I want to start off by talking about the RHOA reunion. If you don't know what RHOA is, that is Real Housewives of Atlanta. We got the first part of their virtual reunion and it was amazing beyond my imaginations. I was quite worried because their previous season reunions have been horrendous, <laughs> like luster, boring. So I was thinking, how is it going to work? This is probably one of the best season reunions that we've had in a very long time. If you guys want a full season review, let me know using the hashtag TCM show. Just quick highlights when it comes to the first part of the reunion. Amazing. Kenya dragged Nini for filth. <laughs> it was too much. My, my favourites for this reunion has to be Portia. What you see is what you get. And I love her for that. She's trying to say, oh, she's licking Nini's behind. But I feel like she's very transparent with it. If she thinks that what you've said is wrong, she will call you out on it. I cannot stand Eva Marcel. Get her off the show. Get her off the show immediately because she is just doing too much. She's doing a lot of nothing. That's what I would call it. A lot of nothing. She's having selective amnesia. I don't know what it is, but she needs to go. <laughs> She's too boring. I'd rather have Phaedra come back than deal with her. Nini, I feel like Nini was on edge from the get-go. And if you've watched Nini's video on YouTube, she just said that, oh, she felt like the team was trying to sabotage her, all that kind of stuff. So I get that. Kenya looked stunning during the reunion. But again, she can't take accountability. I don't want to go into it too much because if you guys want a full Real House of Atlanta episode, I'll do that for you guys in the next episode. But yes, those are my quick highlights so far. Next, I want to talk about a black UK radio show called No Signal. And they are known for putting us onto underrated bangers as well as their clash that they did over the weeks. Clash is when there'll be a person representing each artist. So for example, they had Beyonce versus Mariah Carey. They had Rihanna versus Drake. T-Pain versus Akon and they go hit for hit so they play each person's hit back to back and then the TL has to vote for which song was good per round and obviously the one that has the most votes win. We needed No Signal and we didn't even know it. I am so grateful for No Signal. It has been entertainment galore. I just speak positivity into their platform and their future because we needed this. I don't think we've had a radio show like this since Choice FM and we've been dying for it, we've been asking for it and it's just amazing. As I said, there was a Rihanna versus Drake clash. I got to live my stand life for one night and Rihanna won. I was like, yay! You guys tried, Rihanna. How dare you downplay her level of success and her hits. I also really enjoyed the Jill Scott versus Erica Badu clash. That was not on No Sin, that was on another platform called Versus and i just love it i just loved it their energy was so pure so beautiful they're beautiful women i've always known of erica badu and jill scott i've never been a active listener into their catalogue so this whole thing put me onto a whole new world boy oh my goodness beautiful beautiful music that just touched the soul so i now want to go into today's topic which is colorism and this conversation stems from what happened on social media a few weeks ago. If you know what happened, I'll put you onto it in a bit. But before I do that, I want to give a quick disclaimer, please, before we go any further. I'm not trying to tell anybody's story. I'm not trying to dismiss anybody's story. This topic is deep. I'm going to be as honest as possible whilst having tact. Please be advised. Oh my God, I sound like I'm in my workplace. Please be advised that I'll be talking about triggering topics such as colorism as well as rape because some of the things that resurfaced on social media had to do with those topics. If these topics are triggering for you, I would advise that you click out and just 
subscribe and wait for the next episode. So my disclaimer is I'm not here to dismiss anyone's story or the reality of colorism. That is not it. So please, I hope that in no point of this episode that you feel that I'm doing that. Even if I'm doing that, that is never my intention because it's a real thing that has existed before us and it's our job to ensure that we work hard to minimise and eventually end this. That's my number one advice to myself and to everybody but we'll get to that in a bit anyway the reason why i'm talking about because i've lived around black women i wouldn't be who i am without a black woman she's the one that raised me as a mother and father i've got two brothers and a handful of sisters i've only been around my sisters the most my brothers i see them occasionally so i've been around women all my life on top of that it's girls and women that have supported me from when i was young till now i was bullied by boys in primary school it was girls that took me in black girls that took me in as well I've had female friends all my life. It's my duty as a black man and as someone that has black women around me to share my thoughts on this, share how we can move on from this, what we can do to do better. Because those tweets, yes, they were disturbing. Oh my goodness. Yes, they were disturbing. It's crazy because as I said in this episode, we have said some dumb shit in our youth i was very stuck in stan twitter world for me to even see what was going on on black twitter however it's just crazy if you guys are not on twitter are not aware of what happened it all began with a discussion on sprinkle cake <laughs> it went from zero to 100 real quick that i feel like i probably missed a part of it that contributed to it because the next morning i just woke up it was madness so yes it was a sunday we're talking about sprinkle cake i don't know why Oh, I know why, but I don't know why it was a topic of discussion, if that makes sense. So one person in particular brought up how we should be careful who we put money into because they have partners who are black, but they have anti-black comments. They've made derogatory comments towards black women. With this couple in particular, they've been accused of this for a very long time, but there was no receipts to back up the accusations. I don't know if it was a person that tweeted it initially or somebody else, but finally we got to see the tweets because the person tweeted from their old account. So the people that went to go and search for it using his new account would not have found it. It's those that knew his old account that would be able to find the old tweets. And of course, they were disturbing. Absolutely disturbing. And at that point, we had a very good discussion led by black women about how black men or people on social media like to gaslight black women and their experiences. People will dismiss what they've gone through of what they've seen or what people have done on social media. And then the receipts will come and like, yep, <laughs> you look like a fool now. So it was an understandable discussion. I respected it so much. During that day, I had a massive headache. Oh my goodness. Because I was editing my last episode in the morning without eating. I suffered the consequences <laughs> of that action, boy. And I ate something that made me feel like I was going to throw up. So during the whole day, even during the whole Beyonce versus Mariah clash, I was not feeling my best. So I went to bed early. The next morning comes... And I feel like I woke up and we had skipped World War Three and gone straight to World War Ten. My God, the TL was unrecognizable. I said, what is going on here? <laughs> and I feel like a lot of people can relate to that because I went to bed very early. I was, I was not, I was not good. I was tweeting my thoughts on the whole Mariah Beyonce clash, but I was not myself. Someone had sent me a thread which contained the tweets from different black celebrities, personalities, influencers. As I scrolled through, I was like, yikes yikes and yikes again <laughs> this is a little bit huh? <laughs> like what <laughs> what am i reading of course some tweets 
go as far as 2013, 14, 15, etc. Regardless of the age, it's scary that at one point in time, it was acceptable. What scared me even more was the rape tweets. Listen, those ones I can't even justify for anybody. Nope. <laughs> because with the colorist stuff, it is a very deep-rooted problem that I feel stems from even our older generations. That's one. When it comes to our generation ourselves, it stems from our secondary environment as well. School was a very horrible place for most of us. Like, the stuff that we'd hear... I went to a boys' school for secondary school, but the stuff I would hear about black girls in a boys' school, I said, rotted. <laughs> it is just crazy, you know? So, these are things that have been an issue for a very long time it's not acceptable but i get the time that we were in it does, it does not make it okay for those certain things i'll just never join into because no but rape for me i've not experienced it but from a young age i knew it was not okay to joke about that kind of stuff i knew from watching nollywood that someone forcing themselves on you was not good it was not a good thing it was unacceptable don't do that it's it's rude, it's disrespectful, it's a violation. I had to go and search my old tweets because I was like, you know what, I know I was mad in terms of stand culture, but to go that far, talk about rape and compare black women to animals? No, no. I feel like during my slumbers, the message got lost in the chaos and the mess. Because as I said, the day before, we were having a good discussion. I was like, you know what, I will always listen to a black woman when they say that this is what's happened, this is how they feel. But on that Monday, I was not really on social media that much because I was working, I was working from home. But I was seeing people say, oh, there's certain influencers that have not apologized yet, all that kind of stuff. Then eventually one of them did. And that was Nella. I wanna pause here and send my love and prayers to Nella. Um, I just, it's just, I'm speechless. Like when I found that she lost her father a few days ago, it crushed me it crushed me for her like i'm just praying for her she did a video and i personally feel like you know what i was not the person that had to receive that message because it was for black women it was for black girls but i felt like her apology was sincere number one and one thing that i want to ask is before those tweets resurfaced do you guys feel that she was not doing things for black women or for black girls do you guys feel that she was still holding on to those views that she had when she was 13 14 15 yes age is not an excuse but age is definitely a factor use my stand culture thing for example i'm 23 now i can't do what i was doing as a teenager i had way too much fruit on my hands because a lot of us have had to do a lot of growing up in different ways shapes and forms and i'm not here to be nella's defense attorney i'm here to share my perspective because at one point people were condemning her for things that she said when she was 16 17 18 but in return they're saying things that she said at that age in their 20s so i'm thinking are you guys trying to have a discussion or are you trying to create a show here and of course it will reflect in that bbc article that bbc article pissed me off i feel like a very important discussion went left real quick it went left real quick to the point that BBC got a hold of it and it was a light-skinned woman that went to go and write an article about this just to find that she also has tweets. You guys come for her mum? 
for me, I don't play when it comes to the dead. I don't do that. That's something that my mum is alive and I don't want to speak that into my life so when that come on will get me. I'm so careful with my words. I'm so careful with my words and what I say. I know what is wrong, first of all, but number two, I know the power of karma. I believe in that so much that I'm not going to now go and do gas boss, gas bass and now go and, what? Especially when that person has apologised. When it comes to the whole monetization thing, that's you all's business. I'm not involved in that. There's a bigger fish to fry, which is this issue of colorism, comments made about black women. That is the issue. That's what I'm saying. And as I said, I don't think when she went on pretty little things, she said, you know what, black girls try to look at Beyonce to be beautiful. I don't think it was her trying to get the black bag. I believe that was Nella sharing her personal experiences. There are people that were in that thread that have shown no signs of growth, but are still on Twitter till this day. There are people that are on Twitter right now that were in that thread that are still holding on to those same views but are diluting how they say it. They don't say it as as harsh as they used to back in the day. They do show underlining signs of anti-blackness. Where it went, please, if I'm wrong, correct me. Use the hashtag to let me know. Do you guys think where it went was okay? How did you think that was going to end? For me, I, I've never been so concerned about someone that doesn't know me's life like that because... Yes, it's not about, oh, she's an influencer, oh, she has these numbers. She's freaking human. It got to a point that it was not a discussion, it was an attack. What is an attack going to do? Do you think she deserved it? And if she deserved it, was that energy applied to every single person on that thread? No, it wasn't, because I saw everything. Yes, I might have been off Twitter here and there, but I was looking. I was looking. It honestly... Ah, anything that she tweeted against is what she has become. Wearing weave, wearing certain colours, makeup, da 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 da. These are all things that she does now. Why island? That's all, that's her aesthetic. That's always been her aesthetic. I feel like she's had to grow up. As I said, I personally feel in my heart of heart, before all those tweets resurfaced, she has really shown that she's changed. Yes, I'm not saying she should be praised for her old tweets or we should just let it slide. But where it went to the point that no one's deceased parent or even parent that's alive should be brought up. Period. That's not how we discuss. That's not how we make a change. There were troll accounts, but there were people saying, oh, that's what she gets. That's, no, that's not what she gets. Not someone that has shown growth. Again, where was this energy for the guys that were in that thread? Please tell me. Because once we can get past that, then I can understand, okay, why this was done, why that was said. But until then, I will not understand. I personally will understand. And it does not make what she said right. I want to reiterate that one, that one over and over again. It doesn't make her old tweets okay. At all. At freaking all. Just like my old tweets about Karuchi, um, Sierra, Chris Brown. Yes, stand culture is a thing, but it's never okay to at people and give them hell on social media. They should be free to do what they want to do. Do you understand me? So, I, that's me taking accountability for myself. She took accountability. Like, if you don't support, don't support. If you want to support, support. How he went to attacking her, sending abuse. No. Now, what we need to discuss now is what can we do? We're always about conversation, conversation, conversation. But we're not having a conversation. And of course, this is the start for me. Because I'm not a black woman. I can't speak for the black woman. So in a future episode, when all this is over and done with, I will bring black women onto this platform. I will bring black men to their experience with colorism. Black men love to do this thing too, where they want to talk about their experience when a black woman is talking about their experience. But our experiences will never be the same. 
So when they're talking about their own, let them talk about their own. Create your time to talk about your own. And yes, I'll, I would love to have that conversation with both black men and black women separately. I, I couldn't, I'm even starting with, I'm doing with for the free. I couldn't believe what my eyes saw at a certain point. At a certain point, I was like, no, and then BBC? You know what? I've been on BBC before, before anyone tries to go find receipts. I've been on BBC One Extra before, where I was invited by Love Island. And of course, that was the Yawande season. With Yawande, I spoke about the racism that she experienced on Love Island is on topic, so of course I can talk about it. But when someone has taken, something has happened within our community and they have taken it onto BBC and then they've gone to do half the story, they've not spoken about the black men because musicians that were in that thread, rappers that were in that thread, but they were not mentioned. One, I can understand why she was there because those rape tweets, I, no, I'm not gonna, poor boy, nope. <laughs> but I just, ah, oh, bloody hell, like I just, it should have never gone that far. The conversation needs to happen. I encourage it 100%. But let's be tactful because Twitter is not a private platform. Anyone can see what we're, what we're talking about. People can take our conversation that we, we can learn from, but they're going to take it for entertainment. They will take it as, oh, we don't respect ourselves, so why should we respect them? That's how they're going to take our narrative. We love ourselves, but we're just talking about the past. They're going to now go and take that narrative and twist it. Twist it, smash, finish. What? I said, no, the BBC, no, that BBC article, I think I didn't record that day because I would have screamed this whole microphone off the table. But for me, I want to end on what can be done to ensure that we do better for our future generation and for our now, because we cannot go back to the past. Unfortunately, we can only apologize for the past, but we can't change the past. The past is the past. It is unfortunate. It is horrible. It's horrible, but we have to look at the now and the future. What am I doing now as an individual? I have got sisters. I've got a little sister. I don't want to get emotional. It is so sad, but every time I see myself, I'm like, your skin is glowing. You look beautiful. You're a beautiful girl. Stay the way you are. I'm always speaking life into her life. You have to speak life into them because they deserve it. They don't get it enough. I let her know that you're beautiful, your skin is stunning, your skin is glowing, because she actually has beautiful, beautiful skin too. I don't want to now go and play with your skin whilst there's nothing to play with. I have grown up with women around me. From when I was a kid with having many girls around me as friends, to being a man and having grown women as friends. My sisters, my mom. It starts with us. It starts with us as individuals. Show that love. There's people that will now go and join this conversation, but next week we'll be chatting nonsense about black women. Coming for them in every single way, shape and form, beyond what Nella even said. Make sure if you are mad about it on Twitter, that you are taking those actions that you need to take to make sure it doesn't repeat itself in real life. That's all I want to say on that. Because as I said, everyone's entitled to react the way they want to react. But it has to make sense. Because for her to get that heavy load... Whilst there were guys that were even mixing the two topics of black women and rape and abuse... What? What? And they're still on Twitter? Breathing? Being able to tweet anyhow? Black people in general, let's just show love to each other as much as we can. We're not perfect. I'm not saying we're going to be Mother Teresa's. Let's just make sure that we don't repeat those derogatory comments made towards black women. Towards black men. Black non-binaries. Let's make sure that we're even showing up to the black LGBTQ community. All we can do is grow and do better for ourselves and for those around us. And let's have these conversations in a safe platform, safe environment. 
Because what we don't need is people taking our stories and just doing shoop, turning it upside down. We don't need that. That makes it even harder for us to resolve because we have to deal with our own than deal with them. Let's deal with us and deal with us the right way. I'm not here to talk as if I know it all or as if I'm perfect or whatever. I'm here because I want us to do better for ourselves. You understand me? It's not just about, oh, come and talk about this because it's a trending topic. Then with colorism, it's not a trend. Loving blackness should not be a trend. That should be the lifestyle, baby. Okay? So for me, I love my blackness. I'm blessed to have been raised by a mother who encouraged me to love my blackness. I want to use my platform to make sure that we do what is right. If you enjoyed, please use the hashtag TCM to let me know your thoughts. Rate the podcast and share it with your friends, loved ones on social media. Follow me on social media, the classic Manny and TC Manny HQ. I repeat again, the classic Manny and TC Manny HQ on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to always do you and be unapologetic. Aww, I'm a classic man.